1: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 212 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today, we're going to have part two of our conversation with Nolan Bianchi of Locked On Detroit Red Wings, talking a little bit about the NHL draft that's coming up next week, talking a little bit about free agency that will follow soon after that, and just talking a little bit about the state of both the Rangers and the Detroit Red Wings. Definitely come back next week as well. It's going to be a very busy week. It's been a very busy week this past week. We had the trade of Mark Stahl to the Detroit Red Wings. We had... Jack Eichel trade rumors, including the Rangers possibly being interested, and of course, we had the Henrik Lundqvist buyout and we have not we've talked a little bit about Henrik Lundqvist but I think after the draft comes and goes next week we're going to uh, really give him a proper send off really do a nice string of episodes one after the other uh, in dedication to Henrik Lundqvist and wish him all the best uh, wherever he ends up playing hockey next season if he decides to continue his NHL career but yeah next week Monday and Tuesday we're going to have another two-parter it's going to be the mock draft that I talked about in a previous episode basically what happened was a bunch of us Locked On NHL hosts all got together and we did a mock draft for the first 10 picks of the NHL draft and just talked some general hockey as well. So you'll have that to look forward to on Monday and Tuesday. And then, of course, the draft will happen Tuesday is the first round. Wednesday is the rest of the draft. And uh, we'll be back here with brand new episodes of Locked On New York Rangers to talk about everything that happens and uh, maybe give out some grades as far as how the Rangers do in the draft. But for now, part two of our conversation with Nolan Bianchi of Locked On Red Wings. Enjoy. I wanted to also ask you about uh, the Locked On mock draft that we did. And for anybody listening, uh, this is going to be out on Locked On NHL, I believe, on Monday. Yep. And so, yeah. And, you know, you went with uh, Lucas Raymond, number four overall. It sounds like the general consensus is that it's going to be Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield, and uh, Tim Stusso going one, two, three. Uh, you feel good about that pick with Lucas Raymond? And do you think that the Red Wings, in reality, will also take him?
0: I don't know. I, I, I do feel good about the pick that we made because I, I think, the logic behind it was just like, hey, we want uh, somebody who can cho- totally just change the complexion of a game with his skill. And there are a lot of guys in that, you know, four to nine range who are going to be able to do that for you. Uh, but I think when it just comes to like electrifying kind of guy like that, Lucas Raymond really fits that bill. And they have some the Red Wings have some really intriguing Young players like Philip Zadina, He's still only twenty years old. He's going to continue to get better, and I think he's going to be electric. He's got a great shot. He can play on the power play. Uh, they've got Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, their core in place. Tyler Bertuzzi, but nobody whose talent just jumps off the page and makes you go, "Holy smokes, this guy is a problem." Right. And I think the Red Wings need a player like that. It's a it, to, to to give like just. You need to see something. You just need one of these one of these first rounders to just hit and hit big. But by that same token, I do think Lucas Raymond might be a a, a bit more of a gamble than some of those other guys who are in the conversation, simply because of the limited playing time. But I mean, if you read these these uh, draft analysts and you know Dauber and elite prospects and and stuff like that, like they all say the same thing. It's not an issue and he is a top four, if not top three player in this draft.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I've been looking, you know, a lot of mock drafts myself, you know, talking about that on my show. And uh, it does sound like there's definitely some significant upside there with Lucas Raymond. So I will see what happens. You think they'll hold firm with the number four overall pick though, not going to be trading up or trading down or anything like that?
0: No, I definitely, I, I would have, here's the thing with Steve Arsman. I have no idea what this dude is going to do ever, but I also <laughs> <laughs> I also don't really anticipate that because you're going to get a great player at four, and I think you don't want to uh, let everybody else have their pick first. And like we saw last year, the, the thing about training back is like, well, you know, maybe they had their eye on this person and they think they can get him at seven. Last year, I mean, when did, if you would have to told me going in that, Moe Sider was Detroit's number one option like there probably would have been this uh whatever you want to call it like circling the draft of like oh should the Red Wings trade back if they want Mo Sider and, and then they and they took him at six they're like no we are the sixth pick we want this player we don't care where he's projected to go we're going to take him right now so that we we can secure that and I think you'll probably see a little bit of uh, something similar in this draft, unless, unless John Steve Arizmoon wants Yaroslav Askarov, then I can see maybe a trade back. But I, I don't see that <laughs> happening.
1: So, yeah, I mean, you make a good point there. You know, I think I think there are times where uh, you know a team, whatever sport it might be. I mean, we're obviously talking about hockey here, but. You know, you hear like, oh, well, maybe they'll trade back because so-and-so isn't expected to go until a little bit later. It's like, you know what, if you are picking and you've got your guy still on the board, just go ahead and take him. I mean, why why get cute mm. about it and why risk losing him if he ends up going earlier than you thought he was going to go?
0: And another thing to that is, uh, like, you, I I think just the opportunity to pick in the top four obviously is a great, great opportunity but also for the Red Wings, like, it's, it's an opportunity beyond that because of the fact that they already have, like, mid-tier picks. Like, they have six – like, next year, thanks to the 2021 second that they got from the Rangers in that trade, they will have three straight years with three second-round picks. And this year they have three picks between uh, 32 – or, sorry, five picks between 32 – And 65. So I I don't really like this idea of uh, accumulating, you know, maybe a a pick later on in the draft for that top four spot when you can get a player who's in the upper echelon instead of taking uh, maybe less, a player with less star power and hoping he hits.
1: Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go will help you break through your wall. It is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural, and I can tell you from experience, it's a fantastic product to use before playing baseball, tennis, or even frisbee golf. Built Go comes to us all from the same people who brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. It will help you break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. It's easy to take in one-and-a-half-ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system fast, plus it's easy on the stomach. Visit Biltgo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at bilko.com. Let's go. To ask you kind of a random question here, switching gears just a bit, we can get back to the draft in a second if yeah, you want. Yeah, but... I love switching gears. Yeah, absolutely, man. So uh, <laughs> a former Ranger that you guys have, he's not the most prominent player on the Red Wings, but it's Dylan McElrath. Uh, The Rangers, 10 years ago in 2010, took him number 10 overall. Just never really worked out. He's mostly just been an AHL player, just kind of bouncing around the league ever since then. Uh, It looks like he played 16 games with the Red Wings this past season. Has he shown you anything? Is there any chance he could possibly make the opening night roster for this upcoming season? Just very curious about what you think about McIlwraff.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't really anticipate that he, uh, like you mentioned, he has had some time up here, but he hasn't really done anything that would uh, inspire a ton of confidence in him becoming a full-time defenseman. And then another thing, too, is especially with this Mark Stahl deal, like, they have kind of a law jam on their back end now of these, like, mid-to-low-tier veteran defensemen that I think that they are kind of going to have to juggle a little bit with because they have a lot of young defensemen. They're going to want to get playing time, but they don't want to put them in a position to fail. So uh, (laughs) it's going to be kind of an interesting situation, but off the top of my head, I mean, they got DeKaiser, uh, Hronik, Mark Stahl, uh, Madison Bowie, uh, Alex Biega, and Patrick Nemeth. So that's a top six right there and that's not even uh, accounting for uh, Chalowski, who's, I think, 22. And uh, kind of in in one of his make-it-or-break-it years as a prospect with the Red Wings. And they also have Mo Sider, who I would hope to see get a, a pretty extended look in this upcoming season. And then they got guys like Jared McIsaac, and I don't know how much time, if any time, he'll, he'll get to play in the Red Wings uh, NHL club this season. But I think... That just with the logjam of like that below average to average type player, uh, I I think it would be tough to, for me to to kind of see him making anything of himself here. But you never know. Yeah, yeah. I would I
1: would I would welcome literally any. Hey, coach. I mean after the season, you know that the the wings had. I, I figure you might as well welcome some competition in training camp. But you know if you want to spot on this team go out there and get it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A minus 123 gold differential through like what was it? Like 72 games or something like that. It's just No. I have I take a lot of pity on myself.
1: <laughs> now, does does such a rough season, does that make you look forward to the next season that much more? I oh mean, especially God, you, yeah. you know, it can't get any worse. You're going to be playing meaningful games at least at the start of next season. So that's got to be nice, right?
0: Yeah, and uh like i just said like this is a make it or break it year for a, a quite a few different guys and yeah. i i'm i'm going into this season thinking to myself there's a way that this team can take a significant step forward and i think that it's necessary like i don't want to see me and my co-host Ethan Smith at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast have yelled at each other <laughs> about this for the past two weeks now, but I really do not want to see another bottom three season. I don't think that would be a good sign for the prospects that are there and like trying to make the team, trying to become full-time NHLers. And I don't think it's good for the development of the guys who already are uh, full-time players. Like that top line for the Red Wings, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Mantha, if they don't score, the game is over. And a lot of nights they have a really tough time scoring because opposing teams know that hey, if we just focus all of our attention on this one line, we're going to beat these guys. And so uh, I, I think I'm looking forward to the season, and I'm I'm going into the season probably against my better judgment with the mindset of okay, let's see this team hopefully take a step forward in some way.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, though, man. You know, I don't think it's ever a good thing for your team to just lose and lose and lose. I mean, when's the last time, and I'm, it's just an honest question because I don't really know the answer to this. I just want to know, when's the last time in sports that we saw a team, like, really tank, uh, really just put no effort whatsoever into winning, and then it actually works out for them? Like, they get a player... That leads right. them to multiple championships. Can anyone think of an example of this? Because I'm, I'm stumped with this. I was wondering about this the other day and I, I don't know. I, I don't think losing is a good thing because you need to create a good culture there. And I don't think you do that by losing three quarters of your games.
0: Yeah. I want 100% agree. And I can't really I think of any, anyone either, but yeah, yeah. And that's the whole point, man. It's like you run these guys out and then, and then you send, you know, Dylan Larkin now to the reporters, every single night, like, I just don't think that makes anybody better, and I think it's a bad look. I, I said this year, or this upcoming year, if the Red Wings finish bottom three, bottom five, I think it's it's an indictment of the rebuild instead of a symptom of it at this point. And that's kind of where I'm at with it because, like I said, it's year four. They've had yeah. X amount of years in the lottery. But, you know, They got Mo Sider, they got Phillips Adina, they got Philip Peronik, and those are really the the three crown jewels – of those draft classes and there are some other guys that you know we're excited about jonathan bergerin uh you know guys like that but at the end of the day man like i you want to start seeing some results on the ice and and something to say like hey okay well this rebuild's going okay and so that that to me is is the biggest part of it heading into this next year let me ask you this because I remember when I first started this show, maybe maybe in one of the first couple of weeks, you and I uh, did a crossover to preview a weekend series between the Rangers and Red Wings, and God, what I would give to watch a weekend series between the Red Wings and Rangers right now. But we talked <laughs> about uh, you know how to expedite a rebuild. That's something that the Rangers have done. Obviously, that has been kicked into hyperdrive with the uh, (laughs) recent awarding of that first overall pick. But, I mean, when you look at this Red Wings roster and you look at what the Rangers roster was at its uh, deepest valley, do you see any similarities at all? Do you see any of the similar pieces in place? And kind of what was the way that the, the Rangers kind of got through that outside of obviously scoring or signing a 100-point player in Artemi Panarin.
1: Well, I, yeah, I mean, that, that helps, obviously. But, um, you know, I think with the Rangers, the way that they did it is they just, uh, they didn't do it halfway. I think that's the biggest thing because, you know, you see these teams, they can't decide if they want to uh, either rebuild or go with what they have now and, and try to be contenders with what they have now and maybe even add on to the team. And I think uh, a team that's a great example of that uh, is the Buffalo Sabres because, you know, I've been talking a little bit about, mm-hmm. I did an episode, I did an episode about the Jack Eichel trade rumors and, you know, whether he could be a fit on the Rangers. But then you look at the fact that they just traded for Eric Stahl. And it's like, why are you, if you're going to trade for Eric Stahl, then you're going yeah. for it now because he's got one year left on his deal. And he's 35 years old. So yeah. why would you bring him in and then get rid of your young superstar player that you can't do things like that one, where one move yes. contradicts the other? With the Rangers, it was like, man, we are laying a new foundation. We are starting completely over. We're going to have to hit in the draft. We're going to have to be smart in free agency, not reach for guys. I mean, obviously, Artemi Panarin got the big money deal, but they wanted him as kind of like the centerpiece of this whole rebuild, I think. Um, For the Red Wings, though, I mean, it looks to me, you know, I've got their roster in front of me right now. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of veterans that maybe you can cycle out of there and, you know, try to get draft picks in return. But I like what the Red Wings are doing overall. I know that maybe at this point, you mentioned it's the fourth year of the rebuild. Maybe you've got some fans where their patience is running a little bit thin, but, you know, they really need to do a a complete teardown rebuild. Because if you remember, one of the other things we talked about uh, when we did our crossover episode is that the Red Wings maybe were a little bit too protective of that playoff streak, 27 years or however long it was. Yeah, and so every year they put together a roster that was going to basically be like the eighth team into the playoffs, but not Mm. really do much else. So they kind of got caught in between themselves. And I think now they're at least saying, okay, this is going to suck for a while. But eventually, you know, we're going to see the fruits of our labor here. We're going to hit on some of these draft picks that we're acquiring. We're going to develop some of these young players. So, I mean, overall, yeah, I do see some similarities. And I think the Red Wings, you probably have to stay patient for at least one more season here that maybe it's not going to be so good. But after that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Wings start to take some steps forward.
0: Yeah. And another thing to that, too, was the like you mentioned, the bag the the effort to keep the playoff streak alive and that led to a lot of bad decisions by Ken Holland and a lot of long-term deals for players who didn't deserve it. You're starting to see some of those guys with no trade clauses, by the way. Kenny Holland, king of the no trade clause. Uh but Trevor Daly, you know, came off the books. Jonathan Erickson came off the books. Mike Green retired. Jimmy Howard came off the books. So you're starting to see kind of this this offseason is one that the the shackles are kind of being lifted off of this this kind of strenuous situation. But I wanted to ask you this before we uh, get out of here, because there have been a lot of rumors lately surrounding Tory Krug and the Detroit Red Wings. And a lot of people here are very skeptical of it. They think, why would he want to come here? Which, fair. But also, <laughs> they think, why would Eiserman want to lock up that kind of money in a player at this stage? in the rebuild, but that's exactly what the New York Rangers did. And I would argue that the red Wings are in a similar position right now. Maybe not <laughs> the Rangers weren't as bad, obviously, but they're, they're in a similar position right now as what the Rangers were a year or two ago when they went out and they did drop huge money on our Panarin. What is your, I guess, philosophy on that? And, and I guess just as it pertains to the red wings and signing a player of Torrey Cruz caliber, like maybe in that seven to eight million dollar range. Do you think that that's inherently a bad idea or or do you see the value in that? Do you see how that can work out? Because I think personally, I, I just really want some decent talent to help these young guys along, but I don't know what price level I'm necessarily comfortable at.
1: Yeah, I like it overall, man, because, you know, you got to do something to create a little bit of buzz around your team. you got to make it a more desirable destination for, you know, other free agents to go to, you know, somewhere down the line.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, yeah, you're going to have to pay Tory Krug. He's one of the best free agents available, uh, certainly top five, you know, available this off season and him and Peter Angelo, probably the top two defensemen available. So you're going to have to pony up the dough a little bit there, but you know what? I mean, it's one player. It's not going to kill you. Um, and you got to do something if you're the Detroit Red Wings, again, to just kind of, Get something positive. Give the fan base something to get excited about. And, you know, he's somebody that can obviously anchor your blue line for a lot of years going forward. So I like the move. He's the kind of player that can make a lot of other guys better. So I, I'm I'm all for it. I, I think it would be a solid move for the Red Wings to do something in free agency this year. And uh, to kind of just piggyback off of that point, you know, I think most people figure that Taylor Hall is probably the top forward available. I like Taylor Hall. I don't love him. I don't know that he's yeah. an absolute superstar like people make him out to be. I think it's a little strange that he's already about to be on his fourth team if he doesn't reset him with the Coyotes. That that just is a little bit of a head-scratcher to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, very, very good player. I don't know that he's, like, an elite superstar. And I would rather the Red Wings pay Tory Krug as the top or one of the top two defensemen yeah. available than overpay for, you know, Taylor Hall, who, again, great player. I don't have him as, like, a top 10 superstar player the way I think a lot of people, maybe not top 10, but, like, top 15. I, I don't have him in the top 15 in, in the NHL.
0: No, I'm I'm in agreement. And I am kind of biased even a little bit towards Taylor Hall because I was, like, in high school slash junior high when the uh, Oilers were going through their, like, (laughs) rebuild years where they were getting the number one pick every year. And me and uh, my co-host at Lockdown Red Wings, Ethan Smith, uh, we've actually known each other for a long time. He's not in sports media, but, you know, we have great chemistry. We like the Red Wings, so it it works for the show. Uh, But back in high school – we me and him every single year were like telling all our friends like dude watch out for the oilers this year man this kid nail yakupov <laughs> he's nasty you know Just yep. like yep. and i was a big the taylor bus, hall yeah. guy i had a taylor hall jersey oilers jersey uh so yeah i i've always had a soft spot in my heart for taylor hall because i always thought he was going to be that that guy that made me look smart at the lunch table when I was telling all my friends that this is the year the Oilers take a step forward.
1: Yeah, that was a really weird trade that sent to the <laughs> Devils. I mean, they just... And and I heard something where, like, oh, well, they're looking to give the team to Connor McDavid. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, imagine if the Rangers traded Mika Zabanajad to give the team to Artemi Panera. Like, what? What are we talking about here? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know? It just doesn't... that That organization is dysfunctional and it's in times like these when the red wings are so so bad uh that i that i have that to lean on it's just like the culture like the culture's not bad right just had a rough couple of years it's not like the lions where like you just feel like everything is hopeless all the time and doom is always (laughs) imminent like there is like this sense in hockey town in detroit where people are like okay like they're they're tuned out right now and they're not necessarily all in in the way that they were in the '90s and the 2000s, uh, but I think that there's like a, a very large portion of the casual to, you know, whatever kind of fan you want to talk about that isn't watching every game right now. That's still in the back of their head, is keeping an eye on things and like, yeah, Steve Eiserman is going to turn it around, and and we all just kind of believe it. Like I was 20, I was 20, 20 years old when I saw the Red Wings miss the playoffs for the first time in my life. So not too shabby, not too shabby at all.
1: (laughs) All right. So on that note, uh, Ranger fans, Red Wing fans, I figure we can wrap up right there, but, uh, Nolan, Hey man, this is a ton of fun just like last time. And we will definitely have to do this again in the future.
0: Yes, sir. Long off season. Uh, congrats on Lafreniere. I will be begrudgingly (laughs) watching, uh, you guys make that first overall selection and, uh, Hey, at least you're not Pittsburgh. That's all I got to say. There you go, man. Not and good bad. luck
1: with your good luck with your pick as well. Hopefully they take Raymond like you suggested. Thanks
0: man. Always a pleasure. We'll have to do yes. this again soon.
1: Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for today, guys. Once again, a big thanks to Nolan Bianchi for teaming up here and doing this two-part crossover episode. A big thanks to you guys for tuning in as well. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com and definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, if anybody wants to still claim their spot in the upcoming locked on New York Rangers fantasy hockey league then definitely send me an email or DM me on Twitter spots are starting to fill up but we got a few spots still open and uh yeah definitely reach out and claim your spot sooner rather than later that's it for today guys thanks again for tuning in i'll see you next time